0: Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined.
1: Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading.
0: This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight.
1: Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Hola, Lugo. It's good to see you again.
0: Great seeing you, Chief.
1: We were talking about transitions as we finished the last episode. And uh, boy, have I been transitioning from uh, younger to older, a lot Mm. quicker than I expected. So you're wiser? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> well, I, I guess wisdom is something about has, has something to do with how you use it, right? How you use knowledge. I mm. will uh, tell you what, it's a. Uh, it, it was funny at first, but uh, it's not so much anymore. When I come down the stairs and hear the noises that I hear, it's like. Oh, where are those noises coming from?
0: Yeah, uh, squeaky. Uh, what does they say? The squeaky wheel needs oil. Something the like oil.
1: that, man. And I can't figure out how to where the. You know, you got to have a the little hole to put the oil in, right? Uh, although <laughs> the docs always talking about putting in uh, injections and all that for cartilage, and I I don't know. I don't understand any of that stuff. Other than that, it sounds like it, it's painful. So uh, I'll avoid it as much as I can. But. Uh, <laughs> But anyway we were talking about how uh, the world is changing the technologies are changing our cultures are changing everything is changing and uh, as as i i suggest we want especially as leaders we want to make it progress not just change for the change for change's sake but for progress nature is that way you know in order for us to have flowers and all that stuff in the spring we got to go through this fall and they got to die and you know they, they create compost and fertilizer and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not into that uh, biology stuff. I think it's biology, but anyway, uh, how do we transition with uh, how do we make all of these transitions as a leader, Because you know, there's a lot of youngsters. I'll say youngsters, and they're not necessarily young as far as far as age, but there are folks that are expecting us as leaders to help them make these transitions. How, how do we do that?
0: So yeah. Change is a tricky thing, right? Because you you mentioned progress and everybody would define that differently. And and I think we talked a little bit about that in our uh, previous episode. But, Actually, but wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Let, let me argue with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it because we even call the the, the, the uh, uh, podcast has to do with futures. If, if we have agreed to certain futures. And that's what we've been, when we talk about futures, you and I, we talk about, we create uh, uh, two or three, and then we we say this is the future that we're going to strive for. So uh, I suggest that if we're doing what we should to achieve that future, that we've all agreed to. Now, whether that's really true or not, that I don't know, we can argue that, but if most of us, at least to, to a 75% uh, have a a 75% agreement that that is the future that we're striving to uh, get to, then we have a better idea of what progress is. And then we can measure that. Our behavior, our actions our our, you know, I I used to say this, uh, uh, or at least question our airmen a lot, because I think the, 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 uh, the, the, the foundation for what we did as airmen had to do with the core values, integrity, service, and excellence. And I would ask youngsters, are, is this getting you to that? Is this integrity, service, or excellence? And uh, I'll, you know that turned into a philosophical uh, conversation a lot of times. But still, I think that gave us, that was the future in a sense. We weren't being specific like you and I are, are being specific. But our future is to embody integrity, service, and excellence. Then you can measure, are you being successful at progressing to that point, or are you just changing for the sake of changing?
0: Changing for the sake of changing. Well, I mean, you mentioned a few things in there. One of the things that you mentioned was agreeing on a future, right? And then go for it. And and what happens is, uh, and I think you you mentioned in there, seeing different kinds of futures. And I think that's important, right? Because what happens is a lot of leaders do not. They do not see it. And so because of that, they get caught by surprise. It happens to them uh, and that is because a lot of them are just not paying attention. Some of it, they're so busy and that's good. That happens to all of us. I mean, all of us know we are so busy, but we don't take time aside to think. And so what we end up doing is not having original thought, always repeating what everybody else is saying, not really taking the time. That's what meditation in my case, I, you know, take my time and I pray and, and I, and I, uh, take solitude for at least, you know, one hour in the morning. So that way I can hear, you know, uh, my own thoughts. So I can, so I can detach myself at least for a little bit. So I can understand for myself what is happening. What so it gives me time to think. Otherwise I'm constantly repeating what everybody else is saying. There's no original thought and then things happen. Uh, and that's, that's one reason. It's not that this it's that, that this thing is bad for everybody. Cause that's the reason why the leader surrounds himself, herself with, you know, people who are different, who are also thinking and are seeing things. So for you to be able to get to that point that you mentioned about seeing all these futures, it means that uh, everyone else, everyone in the organization is a sensor. Everybody's sensing how things are moving. Everybody's sensing uh, what are the driving forces that uh, in the present that are affecting the future. They're also seeing what kind of visions and images uh, are, are pulling us to all these kinds of things that are emerging that are creating futures? There are futures that are being created. And then they're also sensors and they're also sensing the forces that are causing inertia. These are the, the forces that are resisting change. And so, and, and then I am not only doing that, I'm also assessing the intensity of these three points. And so then I see, okay, out of all of these situations, and given the intensity of these things, this particular future seemed to be moving pretty fast. And I can influence it. So all together, we get to you know together and, and we say, we can do that, we can change it, we can uh we, we can do all of these things, and then we go for it, right? And then the point here is how to deal with transition back to your uh you know to your question. And and I think uh, there's, and as I go back, go back to change is a tricky thing. So back in, you know, in 2020, we published a book. uh, It's called uh, Leadership and Strategic Foresight in Smart Cities, a futures thinking model. And one of the things that I wrote uh, there was it talk about the, uh, this uh, futurist, uh, Graham Motter great mind this guy was just you know thousands of years in some cases he he talked about you know hundreds of years into the future and 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 he he was advisor to several presidents in the united states and and several nations but anyway is this person have written one of the most comprehensive uh change models you don't see, you don't hear about some of these people because these are some people that are not the flashy kinds, right? These are people who are doing the work out there and and doing work that is just amazing. But anyways, back to, I'm digressing, but back to, to the point here. So Graham Motter talked about, he, he built this model of change uh, and it had over 22 different time stages. Uh, you know, and these are, they all represented periods from external natural resources and ideas to constitutional revisions, and then how those things moved uh, through a, a change cycle that took anything anywhere from 10, and excuse me, from 20 to 100 years. And it was interesting. He mentioned, and he went through a ton. I mean, he went from, you know, uh, years... Uh, you know, back centuries, a thousand years, Ottoman, he uh, looked at em- uh, empires and uh, the rise and falls of empires. And then he looked at the time where we're living right now. He passed away uh, in the 2000s, early 2000s, I think, or mid 2000. And I can't remember his exact date, uh, but um, up to that point. Right. And he did a lot of writing that was uh, donated to a uh, regent university, uh, regent has a a very uh, extensive uh, strategic foresight uh, uh, curriculum at the doctorate level. Anyways, he donated all that stuff to the university, Regent University. And so anyways, what he's talking about when we're dealing with change is that uh, what I did, I took the model and I simplified it a little bit so I could talk with, with leaders about you know futures thinking in regards to leading cities which a lot of stuff happened with this is the same thing in in organizations and basically there are three stages and one is framing the issues and uh, so anytime something is going to happen we begin to see the signs of change and and so and it happened this is what we call weak signals They happen to, you know, there are signs of change in the background. They're very fainting. Uh, Ideas begin to give rise to intellectual development. And so so now you begin to see some of the innovations, right? Just like as we work with companies, uh, innovative companies building technology, proving of ideas begins to happen at this stage. And then they begin to give way to innovations. And now when you say innovations, then these innovations begin to create some change sociolo- you know, sociological and, and and so then people begin to talk more about these issues and then we rise to the second level. The second level is advancing issues. And so here you see that the events begin to happen, begin to lead to discourse and a good example of that is AI, right? Everybody's talking about AI. Yeah. But this thing has been going on since a very long time, the right. 70s. You know, uh I did a timeline' we're,
1: we're more aware of it right now,
0: of course, because everybody's talking about it right. and and that's a problem right because you're trying to contain change when uh, at the very late change uh cycle and so now you're trying to and you cannot it's very hard to shape it at that level because now what people have been doing people have been shaping this way back now all you can do is to try to contain it, which is the next level right so after, because actually now at this level, at stage two, right? We talk about framing. Uh, then you go to advancing the issues. You know, people are the things are happening. People are talking more now. You have champions, uh, you know, championing causes. You have forces to accelerate or delay momentum in particular issues. That's kind of like where we are right now. And so now we are almost at the at the edge of that, and everything is moving to the last stage. And and that is where we begin to resolve the issues. And how do we resolve the issues? Well, the public is flooded with information. Uh, We begin to formally do public policy and get people involved. We begin to then do judicial and and constitutional interventions to try to change that stuff. And so that is the cycle. And some of these things could be retrenched. Mm -hmm. And we see that happening in some cases but the leader needs to be able to see where change is at so you know in this continuum so then he or she can decide what to how to act because in some cases when you are at the point where you are advancing issues we call that category 2 issues then then all you can do is prepare your organization internally to get ready for impact right and and you could shape some stuff but you have to internally get organized and adapt for change now if you're in the early stages right on the first stage then you can you can be more proactive and you can begin to shape that so it goes according to your plan your future right that is if as you can see and i i've been talking very general about uh this particular changes but you can see that it takes a lot of thinking and a lot of sensing, and it requires a lot of unity in your organization. So everybody is thinking, not just one person. Everybody needs to be a sensor and a thinker, and it has to be able to provide a feedback, a communication feedback loop to all, right? So everybody is thinking together, and um, and we have to also be able to to be open. To things that are going to challenge the way we think things are,
1: right. and that and, that and is I, difficult. But my, my sense is, although you're saying that this uh, this author, uh, as, as he created this model, uh, went back years and years and years, that now those years and years and years have become months and months and months. The time, you know, the speed of of life now is a lot faster than it was five years ago, ten years ago. You got to be thinking a lot quicker to be able to make those changes because otherwise you get left behind. One of the things that one of the terms that we I used to use when I was a a leader, Lugo, is seamless. That my part of my my perspective, part of my duty as a leader was to make all of these transitions as seamless as possible. So that because I remember on active duty, I mean the air force i think i don't know if it's as, as bad or worse or uh, or better than the other services but we would make change all the time i mean it was like a constant change cycle which was not necessarily bad if it was progress getting us to the next level of whatever it is that we were doing but i always uh, taught my followers uh, that who were leaders as well that we need to make it seamless so the people at the very bottom, the new youngsters, the ones that don't know and, and, and can't be really involved in some of this uh, these decisions that we're making, that they don't even realize that we just progressed from A to B, but it's better. Does that make some sense? You know, I think that that's one of the things that a leader has to do is make it as seamless as possible. It's a transition, uh, but we as the leaders know that it happened, but the followers it didn't have to, you know, it, 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 wasn't, it didn't slam them in the face. Oh, crap. Here we go. Another change. Because I think that, you know, people, they say this old uh, saying about people don't like change. That's ridiculous. Uh, but if it's done correctly, then, and again, I think the, my term is progress. If it's done, uh, that transition is done so that it is seamless, then people will appreciate that a lot better and continue on because they don't re- even realize that, hey, we just went through, through a big transition. Oh, really? All I know is that we're better.
0: Mm. Well, uh, you asked, does it make sense? I, some does and some does not, right? Uh, when I would say some some things, like for example, I heard somebody saying, and this had to deal with resiliency, right? Uh, in regards to leadership growth me as a leader how do i grow so i can and one of the things is i think about the decisions that i'm making and i think to myself especially when i'm thinking through uh critical issues right that i need to make some decisions that is it, it can affect the lives of so many people and and their families and and who knows i think to myself this you know this uh it says uh, think t- to yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen and accept it? And then I'm not saying I'm gonna lay down and let it happen. No. I have to be able to understand what is the worst thing that can happen. And that goes back to our our foresight, being able to understand uh what are the kind of things that can happen, what kind of futures can happen. What is the worst thing that can happen? Accept it and begin from there to change and and, and with the end in sight. You know, you have analyzed, you know the kinds of futures that are possible, you know the actors that are changing the futures, the, the intensity of these competitions happening in the world. And so, but this is where we're going. The worst thing that can happen is this, I accept it. So what I have to do is to then think through that and not accept that we are going to have a smooth transition. I have to accept that as we are going to go through this and we're going to change, there's going to be a bunch of paper cuts. <laughs> there's going to, we're going to, you, you at times you're going to get cut, you're going to bleed a little bit, you're going to sweat. It's not going to be easy. And we have to accept that. And we have to be able to communicate that to our, our, our organization. We're going to go through this and yes, accept it. These things are going to happen. Now, do I have your attention? Uh, yeah. So that means that this is not going to be passive. You know, things are going to happen. We have all this planning. No, we are going to go out there and we're going to battle it out to make sure that these things happen the way uh, we designed it. And it's going to require a lot of thinking. It's going to require a lot of coming together and bandaging wounds at times. That could happen. Very seldom things happen just as smooth right as they say you know that this is the plan until it faces the enemy right we have to understand what happens when it faces the enemy we cannot expect when we are facing the enemy that things are going to go smooth things are going to happen but a good plan right if you uh, with a ton of foresight moving you will be better off than not having to think through all of these things
1: right so in, to encapsulate what we've been talking about, here's what I'm thinking. Transitions may be tough, but they're worth it.
0: Transitions are uh, if these transitions made your future objectives, right? If you, uh, well, these transitions, sometimes we don't know. It. Yeah, but that's Someone, what makes sometimes it worth it. We yes. we went
1: through that, and it was t- it's like uh, I I know I mean, we've known each other for, what 20, 30 years, and mm-hmm. you've always wanted to be as ruggedly handsome as me, but <laughs> you've never been willing to make the transitions <laughs> to get there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's uh, some things are possible, and some things you just have, have just to just it let up. it go, accept, let them. it
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I uh, uh, next week. You mentioned something that I think is a great uh, topic of discussion: is how do I grow as a leader. You know, I think we all agree we need to grow as a leader continuously and consistently, but how do we do that? Let's talk about that next week.
0: Love it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Have a great week. Take care, Chief. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives.
1: If you'd like to connect with us, Find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more
0: about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight.
1: Until next time, be great.